0: This is
1: The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. Spain's spectacular World Cup win in Sydney earlier this month should be a cause for celebration, a moment where women's achievements in sport dominates the conversation. Instead, protesters are flocking to the streets in Madrid, chanting the name of a man. Luis Rubiales, the president of Spain's Football Federation, who kissed star player Jenny Hermoso on the lips during World Cup celebrations. A kiss she says was unwanted. Now the entire Spanish women's team is refusing to play with players around the world, Spanish politicians and United Nations officials all weighing into the controversy, many calling for one of the most powerful men in European football to resign. Today, an unwanted kiss and a revolution in women's football. It’s Thursday, the 31st of August.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, where all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com newsadfree news ad free. That's amazon.com newsadfree news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: So, Joe, this all started a few weeks ago in the minutes after Spain won the Women's World Cup. Can you describe what happened?
2: Yeah, well, La Roja had just defeated England's Lionesses 1-0 in the World Cup final. Joe Kahn is assistant sport editor at Guardian Australia. And, I mean, it was an incredible performance. Um, Spain were able to get their revenge against England after being knocked out of the Euros by them last year. And, you know, they, they were just elated that they were able to defeat what was had looked like a strong english side but they weren't able to perform in the final and so after the final whistle the players obviously did their celebrations there was dancing jumping all that sort of thing and then there's these formalities that happen afterwards which is the medal ceremony the Spain players walk up onto the stage and standing there is the FIFA boss Gianni Infantino, Spain's Queen, Letizia, um, the Prime Minister of Australia, Anthony Albanese, and the head of the Spain Football Federation, Luis Rubiales. What became evident really quickly was this man, Rubiales, the head of the Federation, was just so full of energy and kind of over the top in his celebrations with the players so as each player came past him with their once they got their medal he was he was hugging them he was kissing them on the cheeks and then he appeared to hug the spanish forward Jenny Homoso and then hold her head and kiss her on the lips what did you think when you saw it well m- my reaction was shock And then what we found out later was when Jenny Homoso was recording, you know, social media after the game, she she said that she didn't like it, but what, what could she do?
1: This was supposed to be a triumphant moment for the players and the team, but it was really quickly eclipsed by this kiss, particularly in Spain. Can you tell me a bit about that reaction?
2: Yeah, so the next day, you know, the Women's World Cup victory should have been headlines. Really, it was Rubiales who was dominating the media. And so everyone was kind of wondering what was going on, how could this be allowed to happen? Like, and so there was kind of a little bit of uncertainty about what was going to happen next. And then Spain's acting prime minister called the kiss an unacceptable gesture and there was kind of reaction from inside Spain that this was, this was not something that was going to be allowed to stand. Those condemnations continued to pile up throughout the week, didn't they, Jo? Yeah, they did. So another reaction that we saw from Spain was from the Minister of Equality who described it as a form of sexual violence that we women suffer on a daily basis and until now has been invisible. And she also added that it was something that shouldn't be normalised. The Prime Minister and, you know, that type of response from the Equality Minister is pretty serious. What did Rubiales have to say? So what happened next was Rubiales made a video offering an apology saying, we saw it as something natural, normal and not in bad faith, but there are people who have been hurt by this and I have to apologise. And so he did acknowledge that what he did had tarnished the celebration. And we found out later there were reports that Hermoso had Been pressured by members of the federation to appear in the video with Rubiales and her family, who were also on the plane on the way back to Spain with her, were asked to encourage her to take part. That apology from Rubiales has been criticised, I think, by the acting
1: PM as kind of half hearted. And we did see on Friday, Rubiales gave a really extraordinary speech in front of a general assembly of
2: Spain's football federation. Can you take us? to that moment and tell us what happened? So when the players and, and the, some members of the Federation who were at the World Cup returned home to Spain, basically a sort of emergency meeting was called. And it, it had been widely reported at that time, once we knew the meeting was happening, that Rubiales would resign. But it turns out that that was very far from the case. Um, you know, what happened in this meeting was really extraordinary and kind of unexpected in many ways. So Rubiales stands up uh, on the podium well, to speak and he starts speaking quite calmly. Buenos dias, uh, a todas las y todos los so Rubiales began his speech with um, an apology for grabbing his crotch in his celebration when the final whistle blew and Spain had won the World Cup. Cuando en un momento de euforia describing it as an unfortunate gesture that he made in the euphoria of the moment. He was heavily criticised for that because the Spain's 16-year-old princess was standing just a, a couple of metres away from him, but he said it was it was something that was directed towards the team's coach, uh, Jorge Vilda, um, as a tribute. So he did apologise for that, but then... Things kind of took an even stranger turn because he started painting himself as the victim of what he called an unjust campaign, which was fueled by social media. He says... Aquí no se está de hacer Eso es falso. Nobody is trying to make justice here. This is false.
1: Está un
0: this
2: is an execution of a social assassination. A mí. Me.
0: Se me está de matar.
2: They are trying to murder me. Describing how the event unfolded, he says, The moment Jenny appeared, she went up. She was the one who lifted me up, who brought me close to her body. We hugged and I said, Forget about the penalty. You've been great. We wouldn't have won this World Cup without you. She replied, You're an ace. And I asked her, A little kiss? And she said, OK. But do you think that I deserve this hunt? People demanding my resignation? Is it so serious that I have to leave? Having done the best management in the history of Spanish football, do you think I have to resign? Let me tell you something. I'm not going to resign. I'm not going to resign. I'm not going to resign. No voy a I think it's worth mentioning here that of the 140 or so members of the Spanish Federation, less than 10 of them are women and n- not everybody was in that room that day, but there were some women there but in the in the absolute minority which is kind of a reflection of, you know, the state of the federation. Mm. And one of the strangest things that happened after this was that it was met with a huge round of applause from many people in the audience, including the women's coach, Jorge Vilda and the men's coach, who was also present.
1: Joe, the reaction inside that room did seem to be very supportive, but the fallout after this speech elsewhere was incredibly swift. Can you tell me about
2: that? After this, probably the most significant thing that happened was that the player, Hermoso, put out a statement with her union and she rejected that the kiss was consensual, which was what Rubiales had said in his speech. She described his words as categorically false and said that the conversation did not happen, referring to whether he asked her if he could kiss her. And then, so following from that, football's governing body FIFA provisionally suspended Rubialis for 90 days, and they've announced that they're investigating his conduct, and they've ordered him and the federation to stay away from Hermoso. And there were many calls for Rubiales' resignation as well, right, Joe? Yeah, interestingly, after we saw what seemed like support for Rubiales at the General Assembly, the regional president of Spain's Football Federation then came out and did call for his his resignation. So that was a bit of a 180 in terms of their response to the situation um, after they had, you know, applauded him and his position wanting to stay on. And Also recently, the Union of European Clubs, which represents 121 football clubs across the continent, has now joined in those calls for for his resignation.
1: Mm. Hermoso wasn't the only player to come out after this speech. We saw really many players come out in support of her and refusing to play. What reason did they give
2: Yeah, so the rest of the national team, the squad that had just won the World Cup in Australia, as well as I think around 50 or more other national team players, came out and said that they weren't going to play for Spain until the leadership changed, until the management of the team changed and the federation leadership was removed. Following from that, um, nearly all of the coaching and technical staff resigned in protest, except for the head coach, Jorge Vilda. And we also saw one of Spain's best women's footballers, Alexia Puteas, and some of the other Women's World Cup champions as well, posting se acabo on social media, which means it's over. You know, they have had enough. And by Sunday night, the hashtag Seacabo was on the jerseys of Sevilla men's football team and being shared by the UN and Spain's government and other athletes around the world, showing their support for Homoso and also what the other Spanish players were dealing with. Some have called this Spain's Me Too moment and Spanish
1: journalist Maria Ramirez writes in The Guardian that there just hasn't been this type of media attention and support for women in Spain before now. But many would know that this moment was a really long time coming, especially for La Roja. Can you tell me about that?
2: As Hermoso put it herself, and I think other players have come out and said it as well, what happened after they won the World Cup with Rubialis was really the straw that broke the camel's back. There have been issues in the Spain women's camp for a really long time. I mean, it it kind of goes back to even around 2015 when their previous coach was sacked after there were kind of reports of denigrating behaviour and then more recently what happened at the end of last year after Spain were knocked out of the Euros by England, the players went to the federation with concerns about conditions in the team uh, in terms of the management, in terms of the coaching. They complained about things like Jorge Vilda not having the tactical naus to coach the team, that training sessions were inadequate, that they weren't getting appropriate support as elite athletes require. Uh, And when the Federation pushed back against them and said that, no, this isn't a problem and we're not going to do anything about it, 15 players signed a letter and refused to play for the team. What happened then is that, The Federation and Vilda doubled down. They called the players brats. And while three of them did apologise and were selected to play in this World Cup, the remaining 12 were not selected and left behind some of the world's best players. And so what happened um, with Rubiales on that stage in Sydney is kind of really symptomatic of what have been serious issues in Spanish women's football for a really long time. It does seem like, as we're talking right now, support for Rubiales has just broken down. Who is still standing by him? From what I can see at the moment, the people that are standing by him now, those that are left, are really his closest family and friends. I think the the most prominent of those is probably his mum. So his mother shut herself in her local church and has said that she's going to go on a hunger strike until the campaign against her son lets up um, and she described it as inhumane and bloodthirsty, the, mm. the hunt of her son Rubialis.
1: As we're speaking on Wednesday, Joe, Rubialis has not resigned but, but criminal charges are a very real possibility, it seems. Can you tell me about
2: the, the repercussions that Rubiales could face from here? So earlier this week, Spain's High Court announced that it was conducting a preliminary investigation into whether the kiss uh, could constitute sexual assault. And the reason that they did eventually start that investigation was after Hermoso released her statement, which said unequivocally that she did not consent to the kiss from Rubiales. Uh, FIFA are also continuing their investigation. And because Rubiales is also the vice president of UEFA, which is the governing body of European football, there are calls for that body to investigate his conduct as well and potentially take action.
1: Next, how Spain is not alone in its fight against misogyny in sport. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall, We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?
1: So Joe La Roja's story has many people wondering around the world, is this culture the same elsewhere in women's football? Because, you know, we did see in the lead up to the World Cup a lot of reporting about teams dealing with cultural problems and there were other player revolts as well.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because one thing the World Cup did was obviously shine a really positive light on women's football and women's sport. And, you know, we saw in Australia that it created just this incredible excitement around the Matildas and the tournament as a whole. But what it also did was shine a light on some of the the darker side of what can go on in women's football and for many people this is you know something that they've been aware of for a long time and what it stems from is a lack of respect particularly in comparison to the men's game so this sort of long-standing idea that that women in football women in sport are just not worthy of the same treatment that professional male athletes receive and so We did hear that, um, you know, around the world there have been other cases of sexual assault allegations and, and things in terms of bullying and poor culture In other national teams. FIFA is investigating a complaint of misconduct in relation to Zambia at the Women's World Cup. Shakedown taking place in French football this Tuesday. A
1: year long independent investigation into the U.S. National Women's Soccer League found systemic patterns of emotional abuse and sexual misconduct. What about the culture at the Matilda's, Joe? Because As many people in Australia and around the world saw, there does seem to be such a a positive attitude behind the scenes. You especially get that when you watch the Matildas documentary. Has that always been the case, this this positive culture in the Matildas?
2: Yeah, you definitely do get that impression. And I think that's partly... Down to the players, you know in particular the the leaders in the team and the veterans so you know Sam Kerr Steph Catley, Claire Polkinghorn, Lydia Williams, people who've been there for you know quite a few World Cups now uh, and they've played together for a really long time they all grew up together playing football and they're supporting the next generation. Uh, that's also due to the coach Tony Gustavson who it seems has been able to foster a really positive environment in the camp. But it hasn't always been the case. In 2019, um, Australia's Football Federation sacked the previous women's coach, Alan Stajic, after issues were raised about poor culture within the camp. So that's kind of in stark contrast to, to what we see now. This sacking
1: happened just five months out from the World Cup in 2019, which is a pretty extraordinary decision. What did the coach have to say about that at the time and what was the general response?
2: The response was actually a lot of shock from some of the players who were surprised that that had happened and that the Federation had kind of acted so quickly. Stadic himself didn't really comment for quite a while but once he did he said that he was still quite unsure about why he had been sacked and there was still a lot of uncertainties around you know what happened in that period for the Matildas. Joe, alongside all of these cultural issues within teams, is the sheer fact that this
1: sport pays women much, much less than men. I know we're only two weeks out from the last World Cup, but do you see that euphoria and that positive attention triggering action here and greater equality?
2: Yeah, I think it's a turning point for the sport. It's kind of been revealed to a broader audience how deep some of these issues go, whereas before it was it was almost just like this niche area that only people who were following women's football really closely were aware of. But now it's, you know, on the front pages of international newspapers and people are wondering, OK, well, if this is happening in Spain, you know, what else is happening for other nations? And it also shows that football is a beautiful game, but it's not just about what happens on the pitch. There are often calls for players and people involved in sport to stick to sport and not talk about the other social issues that surround them. But at the end of the day, particularly for women's sport... These things are intrinsically linked and women can't be elite sports people on one hand and then, you know, be treated so poorly on the other. It's it's a whole package and you can't separate those things. And I think that's something that people are realising now, whether it's, you know, gender equality, whether it's raising awareness for uh, Indigenous issues, which is something that Matildas are really um, passionate about, um, or whether it's, you know, supporting the LGBTQ plus community. Women's sport encapsulates everything and you can't force them apart. It just goes to show that women's football is more than what happens on the pitch and it can be something that drives change uh, in, in broader society as well.
1: That was Jo Khan, Deputy Sport Editor for Guardian Australia. You can read our latest reporting on this issue, including a really strong piece by Maria Ramirez titled Me Too Exposed the Abuse of Women in Spain. It Took Football and Cea Cabo to Spark a Revolution. We've linked to that on the full story page. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthreya and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producer is Hannah Parks. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe or follow Full Story wherever you listen to podcasts. On some apps, you can also leave a review if you like. I'm Laura mofi Thanks for listening.